0: Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. It might not surprise you to hear that many wild animal populations are struggling. At this point, humans and the livestock that we grow for food account for 96% of mammal biomass on Earth. We take up a lot of space with our bodies, livestock, and infrastructure, and that's driving wild animals into extinction. But we 21st century humans are smart, right? Can't we figure out a way to help these animals survive, or at least save some of their genetic material until such a time when we can help make, for example, new Sumatran tigers, of which there are only about 400 alive today in the wild? The concept of creating a repository for the genetic material of endangered species has been around for a while. Projects like the Frozen Zoo at the San Diego Zoo and the Frozen Ark in the UK have been cryogenically storing genetic material from captive mammals, that is, freezing it in liquid nitrogen at temperatures around negative 320 degrees Fahrenheit, that's negative 196 Celsius. Samples from everything from the Pacific pocket mouse to the clouded leopard have been stored since the 1980s. And cloning endangered species has proven possible. In the early 2000s, scientists successfully cloned a couple of them an African wildcat and an Asian ox. We spoke with Franklin West, an assistant professor in the Regenerative Bioscience Center at the University of Georgia. He said The problem with cloning is it's highly inefficient. The process is tricky, even with animals that are well understood and described, like house cats, dogs, horses, and cows. So when you start talking about cloning endangered animal species, it gets tough because we just don't have enough information about the animal. Cloning also requires eggs from the animal you're trying to clone, but obtaining gametes, that is sperm and eggs, from a live animal can be extremely difficult, especially an endangered one. Sperm can be taken from a zoo animal that has recently died, but eggs present the real challenge, especially because, as in human IVF treatments, the best results often come from having lots of eggs available. West said, most of the time it's too risky to collect eggs because you need to superovulate the animal, and sometimes there's a surgical procedure involved. With most endangered species, the best you can get is a skin biopsy, but skin is never going to turn into a new tiger, so what do you do with that? It's almost of limited value without some sort of functionalization of it. Which is why West and his colleagues have developed the technology to turn almost any cell in the body—there are some exceptions, but very few—into a pluripotent stem cell, which is a cell that can turn into any other type of cell in the body. West and his colleagues have had success in turning a skin cell into a stem cell and turning those stem cells into sperm. West says they could potentially even turn a stem cell into an egg as well, which would get around to the problem with cloning, not having an egg source. If they can use this assisted reproductive technology to make both of these male and female gametes, they could use them together to make a live offspring. The team has begun by banking skin cells from a Sumatran tiger and a clouded leopard at Zoo Atlanta. West explained, We could have done cows or horses, but we chose cats for a number of reasons. The fact that we know a lot about domestic house cat reproductive physiology makes it reasonable to do larger cats like clouded leopards. Ultimately, what I'd like to do is use domesticated cats as recipient animals. Theoretically, you could transfer a clouded leopard embryo into a house cat. In addition to creating new animals, this technology might be useful in helping protect vulnerable populations of animals from disease. For instance, the lions in the Serengeti National Park have become vulnerable to canine distemper, a disease related to measles in humans, which is most commonly found in domesticated dogs. This technology could potentially be used to generate distemper-resistant lions, because it's almost impossible to vaccinate endangered animals in mass. This might be an option to breed resistant animals that could introduce resistance into natural populations. Today's episode was written by Jesselyn Shields and produced by Tyler Klang. Brainstuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other futuristic topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com.